Hey guys, it's me, Angel, your host of Black Horror. We're here again today with episode two. I want to give a quick trigger warning about my intro. Uh, we'll be talking about bodily fluids, so if that's a little bit too much or just grosses you out. Skip to the next 10 to 11 minutes and the show will start. Welcome to Black Horror Podcast. This is Angel, your host, and today we're going to be talking about the movie Host. It is a Shudder original. It is a found footage film where, you know, it's like first person POV with someone holding the camera. So I actually happen to love found footage movies, but only if it makes sense. Like, okay, for example, the first paranormal activity. What's the, I forgot the main character's name, but he has a camera. He finally, I guess, saved up and finally bought a camera. So you get that, you know, it's a new toy for him. You you understand, like, okay, he's carrying it around with them and filming all this mundane, stupid stuff because it's a new toy. You're going to wear it until it wears out. So that makes sense. Some movies that it just does not make sense to me and... Even though I do happen to love this movie, I'm about to say, it's like, why was there a camera? There didn't need to be a camera. Then There didn't need to be someone holding that camera this entire time. And that's uh, Cloverfield. The very first Cloverfield, not Cloverfield Lane, not, what is it, Cloverfield Paradox, but the very first Cloverfield. And I lo- when I say I love that movie, and I'm sure I will cover it on this podcast at some time, why was there a camera? And I get like, they wanted to show what's his name's going away party. I get that. But why were they filming before that? Why were they filming after it? If, if all I'm scheduled or all I'm given the role to do is film everything at this guy's going away party, why am I now covering everything about these aliens? I'm trying to live. Why the fuck am I trying? Like, why would I be trying to film some aliens and I need to, and I need to be running? Like, to a degree, it made sense, but not enough sense to warrant him holding that camera that entire time. There's just no way. It just doesn't seem for real. It doesn't seem real. But like I said, still love Cloverfield. We'll probably cover that, you know, in any given time. All right, this is episode number two. Not much has been going on with me lately, just to like to catch you guys up on me. I picked up my dogs today. I had them at the sitter for two days. And oh my God, people, this is what dropping off your kids that, you know, their grandparents must feel like. Like I I understand and I won't be shamed by this because I love my dogs. I love them. They're like my babies. They're like my family. I, I honestly could not imagine a world without them, but sometimes I need some rest. Sometimes I don't want to have to worry about taking someone to the bathroom. Someone, sometimes I don't want to have to get up and fill someone's bowl or get them water or have, and I'm not going to be shamed about that. Like sometimes I really get guilty. Like, I don't know if this is just a me thing and I'm overthinking it, or if this is a pet parent thing, but sometimes I really feel guilty. And it's like, you chose to have these animals, you adopted them. So you don't have the right to feel tired and not wanting to do X, Y, Z. Like sometimes I get really, I feel really guilty about it. And once again, I don't know if this is my anxiety or if this is normal, but either way, I'm not going to be shamed about it. I take my animals to their sitter at least once a month. Usually, no, two day minimum. 
every once in a while, I might just take them overnight if I just have something going on. But most time, it's a two-day minimum a month. And yeah, it was just uh, those two days. It was nice. It was nice. I ate it edible. Okay, only half because oh, I've done a hole before and that fucked me up. But I did a half. I was feeling nice. I was feeling right. And oh, speaking of edible, I did not know it was a thing to overeat on an edible. This is the first time that I've thrown up from taking an edible. I ate dinner before I ate the edible. And then after I ate the edible, because I I had two steaks, I made a big salad, and I had some crescent rolls. So I ate the first steak and half of the salad and some of the rolls for my first half of dinner. I saved it because, of course, I'm like, okay, I'm taking an edible. I'm sure an hours later I'll be hungry. So I wake up around midnight because I took the edible, I think, about 9, 10, and then I went to sleep. Woke up midnight. I was like, okay, I'm fucking hungry. So I eat the rest of the steak, the rest of the salad, and the rest of the rolls. So I'm feeling fine. I'm like, and I knew I was full, but I wasn't feeling uncomfortable. Like, you know how you usually feel like when you're stuffed? I wasn't feeling that. I was just feeling full, but I was I was feeling okay. I went to go lay down. I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, I really, okay, now it's hitting me. Now I feel a little stuffed. But still, I wasn't feeling uncomfortable. So I was like, okay, it's all good. But then... I started feeling like, and I don't know about y'all, but I, I'm a water person. One, I'm a cancer. But then I just love to be in water. So when I eat edibles, I literally feel like I'm on the ocean. Like I feel like I'm rocking on the ocean. I don't know if that's just because like water is my happy place. And then the edible unlocks my unconscious, which takes me to my head. Ha- I don't know how any of this shit works because this is only like the third time I've done an edible. But so I ate it. Now I'm feeling it and, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm on the ocean as soon as it kicks in and sometimes it'll take a little bit, take a while, but this time it happened after I ate and normally though, you know, the rocking sensation isn't a problem because I love it, but this time I was full and I feel like I'm rocking on the fucking ocean and I was like, oh fuck, this is what, you know, I'm pretty sure this is what seasickness feels like because I don't get seasick. Uh, until apparently I'm high on edibles. But anyways, my mouth starts watering. I feel like I'm rocking. So I'm like, okay, let me just sit up and it'll, you know, move the food back down to my belly where it's supposed to be. No, I just feel it coming up. I feel it slowly rising and I'm like, I don't want to have to, (laughs) I don't want to throw up one. And then two, I really don't want to waste that money. I spent $20 on those two steaks and it was a really good salad. Like, it was really good. And I had, I made some house-made vinaigrette. Like, it was a nice meal. I did not want to throw that up. I was like, fuck. But I really didn't. That was really, <laughs> that was what was getting me most. Is I really didn't want to have to waste 10 of those $20 by throwing up this steak. Mouth's getting watery. I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay, it's coming. But I'm, I keep swallowing. I get some water. I'm trying to push it back down. But uh, yeah, no, I'm just at this point, I'm like, okay, it's, I'm pretty sure it's coming. So I, you know, stand over my toilet. My mouth is getting watery and watery and watery and boom. And I, I was just so mad. I was like, that is 10 fucking dollars because Lord knows I'm not rich, but I do try to treat myself to steak every week because I, I really, I love steak. It's, I don't even know if I can eat steak anymore. Lord, I haven't tried since then. It used to be my favorite meal. And yeah, I mean, that was just $10. 
And then, like I said, the, the salad was good. It was so good. Wasted. Ugh. But yeah, that was my experience this past week. Besides throwing up, you know, I had my high. I felt relaxed. I just had a chill night. I'm pretty sure that I got the idea for this podcast while it was high. I I have to check my notes because I wrote down the day that I exactly thought it. But I'm pretty sure this popped in my head while it was high. So that's all that's been going on besides work, edibles, dogs. I have been chilling. I've been, yeah, <laughs> I've been doing nothing but relaxing, which is overdue and well-deserved. So let's get into this. Again, we're talking about the host today, a Shutter original, came out in 2020, directed by Rob Savage. All right, let's get into this, y'all. All right, so host. All right, the first thing I want to start off with this movie is I love that they, they incorporate COVID into it. I love that it's set in now, the now time. They have to Zoom because they can't meet up with each other because we're all quarantining. We're all, you know, separated because of this virus and we don't want to get each other sick. So I love that if, if there was a horror movie at the beginning of pod, uh, podcast, at the beginning of quarantine, that it would most likely look like this movie. So I, like I said, I love that they incorporated that into it. And I do want to start off by saying these friends are fake as fuck. Like, if I had this group of friends, I'd just be friendless because just watching them together, there's just a lot of frenemy action. There's a lot of, oh, okay, I'm just going to be nice to you because you're friends with someone I'm friends with. Like, it's just a lot of fake niceness. And y'all know what I'm talking about that, like fake nasty or fake nice. I hate that shit. Just be real. If you don't fuck with me, you don't fuck with me. You know, we can be on this Zoom and not talk. We cannot interact. Like, it's just a lot of fakeness going around. So, okay. They start by Haley is our main character. Well, Haley and Jim are our main characters. They're the first people we see. Haley, you know, she's, and it's kind of implied that she, might already have some supernatural things going on in her house she sees or no she hears something in her house and then she goes to her closet and nothing's there and then I think I believe like or yeah I believe something falls out like as she closes the door and you know something falls out her stuff falls out so she has to go get that and pick it up put it back So then her friend Gemma stops by the house. You know, they're in quarantine. So she uh, just gets her attention by throwing some rocks at her window because she's trying to get um, added into the Zoom. So Gemma gets added into the Zoom. And I wrote here that, well, one thing that I really noticed is, okay, so I guess Gemma's on her way from wherever it happens to pass by Haley's house so she's like getting her attention so okay let's start this shit let me in on the zoom and then as I'm on the zoom let me continue walking home basically so she does that it only takes about maybe less than a minute from the time she throws the rock gets her attention to get home but then later in the movie and we'll talk about this. But later in the movie, Gemma has to go back to Haley's house. And it takes her like 10, 20 fucking minutes. Like what? 
I don't know, small stuff like that, like the can what is it can the continuity, like small facts about that and like I, I don't know, something about that always bothers me, like when small facts don't add up in a movie. So she gets her attention, goes back to her house, and it's kind not implied it just seems like Gemma is annoying as fuck like she seems like that friend that made you laugh a good couple times so you add them to the friend group but then they think that that's their role okay I have to be the class clown and so now they're always trying to do shit to get attention and get laughs and it gets very old very quickly that's the type of person Gemma seems like and it doesn't even seem like Haley likes her like you know, they're talking a little bit. And when Gemma gets in the house, I guess she, you know, turns on her computer and gets added to the Zoom on her computer instead of her phone. And, you know, it's making this horrible, like, overlapping mic sound. And, you know, she's laughing it off. And Haley's like, okay, I need you to, you know, press the mute button. And, like, you can see Haley's just, like, thinking it's funny. And, it, no, this loud-ass, annoying fucking sound is getting on her nerve. Like, have some what's the word have some fucking not compassion but you know just think of others that's really what it is like okay you think it's funny but clearly it's fucking annoying like ugh. she just seem and maybe that's just my bias and maybe that's how i'm sure that's how they wanted us to see Gemma in this movie as the what antagonist i always get confused because protagonist is a bad guy, right? Because I, I always remember, because it ha- isn't it backwards? Like, the protagonist is the bad guy and the antagonist is the good guy, or some shit. But either way, I'm sure they wanted us to see Gemma as the bad guy, and they definitely did that, because I hate her character. She gets on my fucking nerve. And it maybe it's because I know people in, like that in real life, that they just have to be the center of attention. They have to get the laughs. They have to get the light. Like, bro, chill the fuck out don't you don't have to be so on all the time so they're waiting for everyone else there and you can tell that they're not even close Haley and Gemma are not close in this movie and it just gets compounded on later because all the shit that happens but you can tell because as they're waiting for other people to join it's just crickets like they're looking at their phones they're not talking to each other and it's not even until Emma enters the uh the zoom that you know they really just put their phones down and start talking emma enters in they're talking for a little bit nothing exciting happens and then the next friend radina enters in and i just and this is what i'm saying about the fakeness like the fake niceness because radina enters in and or at this point actually i think a couple of the friends enter in we see and hear Redina and her boyfriend. Redina's boyfriend is, you know, chopping away and I'm guessing onions it looked like. And how the fuck was he chopping? He's just haphazardly, like, just hacking at whatever he's doing. Like, not even, and I'm not saying I'm, like, a culinary master, but I, I do know how to, like, chop. Like, come on now. If we're going to cook, at least have a little bit of knife skills. So they're in the kitchen. Redina and her boyfriend are in the kitchen talking because, you know, he's making all this noise and she's like you know, basically I'm sure telling him like, Hey, I'm on the Zoom with my friends. I need you to either get the fuck out or quiet down. And they're just talking shit. Like, and it's not necessarily talking shit about her, but it's just in, it's talking shit. Cause it like, okay, she goes out of ear, I guess, earshot. And you're there like, you know, she should have never moved in with this man, you know, who does that in the beginning of a pandemic. And, you know, she really should have 
thought this through and it's like okay first of all you don't know their predicament you, like especially in the beginning of the pandemic maybe they both lost their, lost their jobs or lost some sort of income and it would have been better to have a two-person income or you know I don't know maybe they just did want to move in together and they had just started dating and they just thought things would work out like I'm not saying it couldn't be that okay thought I fucked up my computer for a second but um I'm not saying it couldn't be that I'm just saying like it's her friends at least has the courtesy to I don't know I guess say it to her face if you're gonna say something behind her back say it to her face like if you if you're seemingly trying to care that much she comes back on camera and they're like hey are you okay well don't okay am I okay after you just talked all this shit if anything I'd be like hey like how do you you know how do you feel about you know this move because I know it's probably a lot being in quarantine with someone you relatively just met and started dating like are you okay with this is he okay with this like do you want to talk about it like that would be a real friend to me but they're just like hey are you okay not saying none of the shit they were just saying when she was out of earshot and maybe this is just me complaining a lot in the movie but there's just a lot of fakeness like oh my god and that's what kind of like makes it a great setup and I get that but yeah, there's just a lot of fake ass friends in this. Last one to come on is Teddy. Teddy has this, oh, oh, and actually, Carolyn, she is clearly crushing on Teddy. Like, Carolyn had a mask, like, you know, a face mask on, and they warned her before Teddy got on, like, hey, you know, maybe you want to take that off before Teddy gets on. Even though Teddy's has a girlfriend, no one likes her, and she does seem like a bitch in this, in this movie. Like, she's only on screen for maybe less than a minute, and she, it, she got right to the point. Like, she's, yeah, no, she's annoying as fuck. So I get it. No one likes her. But Carolyn is crushing hard. She takes off the mask. She's like, oh my God, thank you for telling me. And then when Teddy, be right before Teddy gets on, they're all talking shit. And like I said, it's warranted because in that little less than a minute that the girlfriend is on screen, you can tell like that actor, that actress definitely gets the point across that Teddy is dating a bitch. So I get it. Yeah, they're hardcore talking shit about the girl. Warranted because she does seem like an asshole. <laughs> the, like, again, the fakeness. Like, you know, as soon as as soon as he comes on, after they were just talking, and they were talking shit not only about her, but about him, because they were like, basically, he needs to grow a pair of balls. I don't think anyone said it like that, but that is heavily implied that he's whipped as fuck, does anything she says. So, I mean, not only are they talking shit about her, they're talking shit about their so-called friend. And as soon as he comes on, oh, he tell me, like... <laughs> I, something about this fakeness and I don't know if this is a little bit of like hitting home because like I hate fake people and anyone had that has worked any job anywhere knows and has encountered or come across those fake ass people so I have a special hatred for them and I'm probably taking it out on these characters in this movie and that's just gonna have to be okay because hey it's my podcast so they're talking, you know, they all show their, they have to have these um, trinkets that, you know, something special to them that can help them basically connect with someone that is passed on. Oh, I got in here that Teddy looked up, like, even though his girlfriend's a bitch, he lucked up, like, because it's, it's implied and it's kind of seen that the girlfriend has money, like, and her family has money, like, either 
no, she's staying, they're all staying with her parents, but her parents have like a mini mansion. They have a pool, you know, they have a full bar and a full and fully stocked bar. And it just looks like, it looks like if you, if you were going to stay with your significant other during quarantine, that would be the place you'd want to stay. So I can't even lie. He lucked up and that might even be the reason why he is where he is dealing with the person that he's dealing with. Because if you have to be locked up in a house 24-7 for at, at the beginning of the pandemic for the foreseeable future, you know, we didn't know when we were coming out. Yeah, I might I might be a hobosexual. And for people that don't know what that is, hobosexual is, are people who have sex with and commit to people so that they have a place to live. And yeah, in a pandemic, well, in the pandemic, if I personally had the means or the option to be a homosexual and to like basically move up in ranks and where I'm living, then I, yeah, I'd think about it. If someone was coming, offering that to me and they had a house, cause I live in a tiny one bedroom apartment, but if they had a house and damn near a mini mansion with a pool and you know, a bar, a spa, whatever, I'm not going to lie. I'd think about it and I'd think about it hard. So Teddy is not a dumb man. That's all I'm saying. I believe that it's already off to a bad tone because Carolyn, she's already putting some bad mojo in the air. And I, I get that people are scared. I get this was new, but she kept, she kept, just kept repeating. She just kept repeating how, you know, she doesn't want to do this. You know, she thinks something's bad going to happen. You know, she really doesn't want to be here. And at that point, and this is just maybe my thinking, because I definitely believe in alternate realities, alternate universes, other realms, other dimensions. I believe in spirits. I believe in all of that. So let's say that this is real. We were in a Zoom and we're about to do this seance. And one of my friends keeps saying how they don't want to do it. They're scared. They're this or that. Well, I need you to go because at this point you're already put, starting to put some, and it's not even a like a mean thing. It's just a, you don't fuck with spirits. You don't fuck with things that are unknown. So you go in there with nothing but positivity and light and wishing for the best. So if you're already in that negative mood of, I don't want to do this, I'm scared, you're already bringing negativity into it. It's just, it was a setup for failure from Carolyn alone. They should have kicked her out the group from the jump. After she said she didn't want to do it, after she said she was scared, they should have kicked her ass out. So they're all talking about, you know, at this point, they're just chatting before um uh, the medium, I guess she would be called, um, before she enters the chat. And they start talking about okay anytime anyone says astral plane we're gonna take a shot and at this point you can kind of tell you know that Haley is either mom or the more serious of the most serious of you know the people in the group because and she's not even objecting to the okay you know if y'all want to play this that's fine she's just like hey just don't try to be so blatant about taking these shots because you know we want to be as respectful to her because she is coming out of her own time to do this for us and with us. And, you know, we just don't want to disrespect her because we did ask her to be here. She could have done another group or, you know, done anything, but she's choosing to do this seance with us. So at least try to be respectful. 
and all of them are kind of like yeah no like they're like because one's like you know i have a beer how am i gonna do that off camera and the other one's like oh you know i have a glass and you know i can't really blah blah like just making excuses like from the jump like i said these friends are they're just crossing boundaries they're not respecting each other they're talking shit behind each other's back like it's just a setup for fucking failure and if if not failure than just some bad friendships. Like, I wonder how long all these friendships have been going on that it never is alluded to or, you know, shine. They never shine a light as far as how long these people have been friends. But if it's a long time, maybe it's time for some of these, some of these friendships to end. So Ceylon, Ceylon, Ceylon comes into the group. They add her in the Zoom. And, um... She, off the bat, she's saying that, you know, this is her first seance over Zoom. She's just laying down some of the general rules and just, you know, like explaining how, because I think one of them asked, like, can I talk to some a relative that speaks another language? Can I speak to a dead animal that I cared about? You know, and she's just letting them know, like the astral plane, there's really all these rules that are in, you know, reality are not the same rules. You can talk to a pet, you can talk to, you know, a family member in a different language, you know, that there's those type of barriers don't exist in the astral plane. She's just laying down the groundwork. But in my mind, as soon as she said, because she said that, you know, this is her first time doing it over Zoom, that's fine. But she did mention that they're not as protected because they're not together. As soon as she said that, I'd been out. It's a fuck no for me. Because, and again, this is just me because I already believe in spirits and I believe they're not something to be trifled with. They're not something to be played with. So even if I were to attempt that, I want to go in with all the armor, all the protection, all the everything I possibly can. And if you are saying because we're on camera right now and not in each other's physical presence, that takes away some of my armor, it's a no. I'm just, oh, no, no, no. I'm already that superstitious about all this stuff. And then you say that on top of that, it would be a no for me. But what really gets me is, they didn't even like think twice. They weren't like, okay, is there anything else we need to be doing because we're not protected? Like they didn't ask any questions. They didn't really give a fuck. They're just like, okay, we're not protected. (laughs) Good luck. Like (laughs) what? No, no, no. Like there was no, there was no nothing. Like they just did. And I, I'm struggling with my word, but there's just no, no attention to detail. And also on her part, because if this is your first Zoom, you're saying you're not as protected. Is there nothing you should be studying up on as the medium that could help protect the people, you know, your clients, basically, and yourself? That was my first go-to, or my first line of thought. But one thing she did say, as she's laying out the groundwork, she says, and something that they definitely also did not pay attention to, was that they need to respect each other. And they need to respect the spirits. And as as soon as she said that, like when I watched this the first time, it didn't even pop in my head that this whole time they have been disrespecting each other. Like it took it took me, you know, at least a second, maybe third viewing of seeing like, oh, okay, so this was dead on arrival basically, because they've like I said, Haley and Gemma already don't fuck with each other. 
the rest of them aren't respecting Haley because, you know, she's setting down these pretty basic rules of, you know, hey, I need you to respect the medium because she is the one hosting this and doing this for us. And they've already refused to even respect her. Now they're playing this, you know, they're trying to play this uh, drinking game that is in itself sort of disrespectful because you're making fun of, you know, an astral plane or, you know, the word that pertains to this seance. And it's like, yeah, this whole time they haven't really been respecting each other. So it really didn't matter if, well, and we'll bring this up later, but if certain people wouldn't have fucked up the way that they fucked up, this was gonna go left any way you slice it. So lastly, Salen explained that if you're feeling uneasy, or a little, you know, apprehensive. She wanted them to imagine a rope around their waist. And that rope is connected to the spirit world. So if they ever feel uneasy or apprehensive, scared in their mind, they're going to cut this rope and they're going to release themselves from the spirit world. So just keep that in mind. So at this time, they're all closing their eyes. They're all visualizing their, you know, they have a candle lit that's supposed to be a beacon for um, any spirits that want to get in touch with them and trying to, I guess, uh, meditate and really get into this other spirit realm and contact the other side. And Teddy's girlfriend pops up and, you know, she's messing with them, making them laugh, you know, disturbing the group, basically. And so, and then, you know, Teddy tries to quiet her down because he at least sees that, you know, she may be taking this a bit too far. So they, they quiet down and she deep breathes and she breathes out. The girlfriend's like leaning on his shoulder and, you know, he's like, hey, we're doing this breathing. We're trying to meditate and get into a certain point and, you know, shut the fuck up, basically. I'm sure he didn't say like that because he's a bitch himself. But um, so she's leaning over him. She has her eyes closed. She's next to him and next to the candle. She takes a deep breath in and deep breath out and um, blows out his candle. So in my mind, I was like, okay, even if there was a spirit, you know, um, whatever spirit might have come to Teddy is now, you know, gone or it's either gone and it left with the, you know, the candlelight or it's now trapped in our realm. That's something that kind of happened once or twice in this movie. I was like, okay, the light is supposed to, like I said, be a beacon. It's supposed to draw these spirits closer and to their, to the physical world. So if you blow that candle out at the wrong time and you don't sever your rope, in my mind, you've now left the spirit in our realm. You did not return it. It did not go back to where it was. It came from. So that's what I was thinking. Like, okay. And maybe because they just started, maybe a spirit never came to Teddy. But that's one of the things I was thinking. So they finally, after Teddy and his girlfriend, because, oh, and his girlfriend, after she blows out the candle, She's like, oh, no, he has to go. Cuts off his camera. Like, yeah, no, she's, yeah. I agree with the group. She's a bitch because he was planning this. He was planning to hang out with his friends, do the seance. And you just come and cut off his, like, if that's my girl, after this camera's cut off, I'm I'm cussing you the fuck out. And then I'm turning back on the camera. Because who the fuck are you? Like, and I'm sure they've been planning this for weeks. And you just come in and cut his shit off? Like, no, you're a goddamn bitch. So I agree with the group. Like, she, I, I forgot. Her name's Jenny, I think, in the movie. Like, Jenny, you gotta go. Like, this group is already fucked up and they don't need your ass adding to the mess because you won't leave Teddy alone. Like, uh, 
Now they're starting, finally starting to get the seance actually underway. Teddy's gone. They're focused. Their candles are lit. They have the rope visualized and they're focusing and trying to get a hold of anyone in the spirit realm. So I even wrote here, there's the obligatory fake scare. So someone knocks, they hear something and you know, they're like, um, spirit, you know, if, if you have any questions or you're trying to re- reach out to us, knock again. And there's another knock and they're like, you know, everybody's starting to freak out. And then, you know, Salen is like, oh, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I forgot. This is my Uber Eats. Um, they were supposed to drop it off before. And, you know, they're just now getting here. And it's just like, and I get, I understand there has to be like, you know, that fake one or no, maybe there doesn't have to be a fake one. But there usually is. I'm trying to think if there's ever been a movie that I watched where there wasn't a fake, you know, initial scare before the real action started. And nothing's coming to mind. But I get that that's a usual or a common thing in movies that are horror movies, especially there's that fake scare before. Because especially they want to ease people because they're already going into this. Well, as far as this movie, they're going into it apprehensive. Some of them are, but I'm sure all of them had a little bit of, you know, uneasiness because they don't know what's going to happen. And so I get that, you know, there's that first scare and then it calms them down because it wasn't real. And yeah, I get it. So they're starting, they're starting the seance at this time for the third time because now Teddy's gone. Now she's got her food. Now they're really starting the seance. So, you know, they're, they're, uh, She's asking, you know, do you, is anything coming to you? Do you feel anything? Do you hear anything? Is any, any names or any presences coming to you? And, uh, Haley, she feels some, a hand on her shoulder and, you know, she kind of, you know, she kind of gasped like that and she feels a hand on her shoulder. And then as soon as she's starting to talk about her experience, here goes Gemma with this, oh my God. And I'm about to get in. I'm, I'm. I just really hate Gemma. Like, oh my gosh, that must be a really good actress because she's really, really making me hate her. Here goes Gemma, once again, trying to steal the shine, steal the spotlight, steal the attention. She's like, oh my God. Like she jumps up, she's screaming. She's like, oh my God, you know, I felt something. And so, you know, Salen is like, okay, do you want to talk to us about it? And, you know, she sits back down and... Something I noticed, and I could just be interpreting this wrong, but something that I noticed is the friends, you know, she starts talking about a little bit and all her friends are looking at her like, "Uh uh-huh, mm-hmm, sure. Like, and it just made me think like, okay, so they're, they're used to her antics. Like, I'm sure they're thinking like, she's probably fucking lying. Like, they looked very over it. (laughs) Like, their facial expressions, they're like, okay. No, no, no. This is her normal. Uh-huh. Just let her go and do what she's going to do. Like, they looked completely over it, and they looked like they were not on board with her bullshit. At least at first. Um, Because the only one that looked interested in what she was saying was Haley. And that also struck me, because they don't even like each other, but she's the only one that actually was like, oh my god, like, this is really happening to you? Are you okay? Like, she looked very concerned, and everybody else is just looking at her, like, side-eyed. But yeah, so, 
And Jim was like, you know, she's like, I felt this presence. I felt something. And then she's like, oh, I feel like this almost unbearable weight on my neck and my shoulders. And, you know, it's painful. And uh, she, st- she starts talking about, um, you know, someone named Jack. I'm getting the name Jack. It's coming to me. You know, I met someone named Jack. Um, I think she said when she was like a kid, she cracked her head open and Jack helped her. And that's why, you know, that's possibly why this name is coming to her. And then as soon as she said, you know, all of this, Salon, uh, her internet connection drops. And, you know, a little beat passes by, I guess, so Gemma can, you know, make sure that she's really off the connection. And, you know, she raises her hand because she was pretending to be crying and she raised her hand and she was like, you know, ta-da, I was just faking it. And everybody's just like, what the fuck? Like, you crazy bitch. Like, who the fuck just lies about that? Like, who does? But I wrote here, like, I wonder what the end game was for Gemma. Like, was she going to lie that entire time? Was she going to just keep, you know, keep it going, keep it rolling as long as she could? Like, had shit not started popping off, was she just going to keep going with this skit the whole time? And then, you know, maybe a week later, tell everybody that she was lying that entire time? Like, Gemma just seems, she just seems like that annoying little kid that just does any and everything for attention. And really the only way you can get rid of or correct people like that is just not giving in just leave them the fuck alone don't give them any of the intention and I wish that's what they would have done like not only in the seance but like before they were friends (laughs) like before they even became friends like I feel like they just let her get away with all of this too long so the connection drops they you know they find out that Jim was lying um, Haley is pissed. Haley's pissed because, and rightfully so, like, she asked them to be respectful of, of Ceylon, and then Ceylon even asked them to be respectful of each other, and neither of those rules or requirements was followed, so I get it. Haley was pissed. She goes to the bathroom. She comes back, or no, everybody actually goes to the bathroom or, you know, just takes a little breather, and Gemma's candle blows out at this time all by itself it started moving blows out all by itself Gemma comes back she relights her candle and she's like oh I'm I'm sensing some tension oh it's coming from Haley Haley doesn't answer and you know she's a a Haley you know she keeps saying her name until she gets a rise and then something that kind of got to me was like because Haley goes off she's like you know fuck off Gemma and they're like oh really like really and Gemma's like she just can't have fun and you know all the other people are kind of backing Gemma up like yeah you're right she can't have fun like uh you know you're mad for no reason and it's like no she has every right to be mad like she's over here playing a game while Gemma is trying to have a real experience so I mean I get it you know, they're fighting and all this animosity and this disrespect, it in my mind or how I'm taking it, gives the spirit enough power because all of a sudden you see, Jim, no, you see Haley's chair move across her front front room and they're all like just speechless, like what the fuck? And they even think she's lying. So, you know, she holds up the chair and is like, how, how the fuck was I going to move that myself? Like, come on, y'all. And... Haley's crazy white ass is talking about she gets excited like this it's this is like something 
exciting and fun when she gets thrown across, not thrown, but her chair gets slid across the room. Like she, you know, scoots up back to the table. She's like, y'all, we gotta, we gotta talk to it. Clearly wants to have conversation, wants to get in touch with us. So we need to talk to it. We gotta get in touch. I don't know how she came to that because it's not like it, it, like earlier she felt a presence. She felt a hand on her shoulder. It wasn't that. This thing literally aggressively moves your chair from one end to the other. And the first thing in your mind is, let me talk to it. Like, no, I, I, I don't understand how one plus one equaled five in her mind. I just, I'm not seeing how she came to that equation. So she, uh, Haley believes she hears something and she goes to the hallway she has a camera from earlier. She has one of those old school Polaroid cameras that, you know, takes the picture and prints the picture all in one. And she takes the picture because she thinks she sees something in the hallway. And she takes the picture. And when it kind of develops, it's still not all the way developed when it comes out. Because, you know, it always has that that hot uh, period where it's bright, bright, bright. And then it starts to fade and the the picture starts to show well it never got to the part where the picture fully showed but it got to where you can start to see a sort of a presence in the hallway and so at this point okay now they're like okay this shit's real it's getting a little uh it's it's getting a little bit too real they cut to caroline caroline hears something in her house you know she was in the house with her dad she calls out to her dad doesn't hear him and then she hears something upstairs. They have an attic. So she opens the attic. And at first she's about to go in. And then she's like, yeah, no, fuck that. I've seen too many horror movies. I know how this ends. So she goes and gets a selfie stick and sends a selfie stick up there. And, you know, she's slowly, you know, making it circle the attic. And she sees, or the camera sees some feet and some legs. And they're like, oh, shit. You know, the people, the rest of the Zoom are like, yeah, no, turn turn the camera back. But when she turns the camera back, there's no legs, there's no feet. And so they're freaking out. She's like, what did you see? And they're, they don't tell her because, you know, I'm sure they're in denial and they're like, you know, maybe we just saw something or maybe something moved, but it, whatever. It couldn't be what we thought it was. So, and also, hold on before I get on with the rest of that. When, in what movie, in what game, in what, in what anything, when was it? ever a good idea to go to go in an attic or a basement when shit is going wrong and stuff is starting to feel maybe life or death like you know shit is shit is going really bad even if you don't think you're going to die that night if shit is starting to go bad starting to go left things are getting freaky do not go in your basement or your attic there's nothing there that can equal life there's nothing in there that is like, okay, you know what I need? You know what the answer to all this shit is? It's in the attic. It's in the basement. All right. So this time, you know, they see the legs, they see the feet, they see the figure in the hallway. And then Emma's wine glass all of a sudden like shatters. So they're just beyond spooked. So they call Salem back, which why didn't they call him before? I mean him. They Why didn't they call her before? Like, as soon as you saw the legs, as soon as, well, not even, even before that, just as soon as shit started getting weird, freaky, abnormal, why did they not try to call her back? 
it, it doesn't make sense to me. But okay, so at this point, they're spooked beyond belief. They call, they get, they give Salen a call back. She answers. And thankfully, she answers. And they're just telling her, you know, some weird shit's going on. You know, can you talk us through it? Can you talk us down? And she, at this point, you know, she's just like, oh, you know, that the spirit that's basically trying to get a hold of you guys is probably that Jack character that Jim was talking about earlier. <laughs> and you just see, like, the utter pissed offness on Haley's face. Because she was, because even Selene was like, did you try to get a hold of it? Did you, you know, ask to speak to it or communicate with it, Gemma? And Haley's like, I don't know. Did we ask to communicate with it, Gemma? <laughs> and she's just red-faced, embarrassed, which she should be. Like, that was a horrible fucking joke, clearly, to play. But she's like, she kind of whispered it like, you know, you know, he's not real. And so Haley speaks up and tells Salem. So Haley speaks up and tells him, like, you know, this person never existed. There was never anyone named Jack. And you can hear Selen basically get, you know, just not gasp, but sigh, like, oh, these motherfuckers. I mean, she lets her know, like, hey, you were supposed to respect the spirits. So respect each other and respect the spirits. I didn't give you too many rules, but I gave you that those two. And she's like, she tells him, like, you know, basically you've invited this this fake spirit that it could be demonic or just a regular spirit but you've invited something into our realm and it's basically like what she said she was like it's you've basically put a mask out there and now that you put it out there anyone can wear this mask and it could be a spirit but it also could be demonic and so Salen was like okay let's let's try something and she's like spirit do you have a message for us? And she gets everyone as a group to ask. And Haley's light goes on and off. And it's, you know, one on or one blink for yes, two for no. It goes on and off. And then they, as a group, again, ask, are you friendly or are you a friend? And it not only blinks twice, it like creates a static shock, like almost brings a circuit shortage to uh Haley's apartment so not yeah he's like nah I'm not your fucking friend don't get it twisted bitch like he he wants y'all to know he's not here for fun and fucking games and I don't blame him shit I mean hey he's here to fuck shit up so (laughs) hey he's doing his job so they freak the fuck out and again they're disconnected but yeah and see this is a perfect example of why I don't do any of that. I don't do any card readings. I don't do tarot cards. I don't do palm readings. I don't do any of that sort of thing because it's just, it's, it's too much that can go wrong. And especially one, oh, this one story. And to my knowledge, it's true. This one story on Twitter and I'm pretty sure it's in the news, actually. Someone that was pretty famous on Twitter went to a palm reading, or I think it's either palm reading or a card reading, and it said that she would die soon. And sure enough, she fucking died, like, within a couple of days of that reading. And, nah, that's just, it terrifies me, because even if it's true, even if, you know, there were no possessions that happened to me, or, you know, uh, a demon didn't, like, fling me down the stairs or some shit, what if you just happen to get bad news? Like, what do you what do you even do with that? What if you go to a palm reading, a tarot card reading, and they say you, your loved one, your dog, whoever is going to die in, like, five days? What do you do with that news? 
now you're just anticipating and just waiting for something horrible to happen. Like you're just freaked out yourself and trying to see if it's even real. So yeah, no, I I don't mess with any of that stuff. Like I went down to New Orleans and they had the palm readers and I really wanted to do it, but I'm just like, in my mind, once that portal is open, once that channel is open, there's no, there's no closing it. And it's just too easy for something evil to slip in. And it, seen way too many horror movies and been through too much shit in my life to even give that a chance. So after they get disconnected a second time, Haley, you know, is, and again, basically the mother of the group, she's trying to get shit under control. She's like, hey, all right, guys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to ask the spirit to leave. We're going to thank him for his time, ask him to leave, and we're going to cut the cord, cut the rope, blow out the candle, blah, 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 blah. And for the first time, Gemma is speaking some sense. She's like, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And, you know, maybe we should wait for Salon to either get a good connection again or call her back. And and I get it because <laughs> Haley was like, Gemma, shut the fuck up. Like, you know, you basically caused enough problems. I don't want to hear anything else from you. But like I said, that was like the one time Gemma was actually talking some truth and making some sense. And it happens to be the one time they don't <laughs> fucking listen to her. So they do exactly that. Um, they ask the spirit to leave. They thank him or it. And they visualize cutting their rope and they blow out their candles. And like I said before, in my mind, they just did this all fucked up because now that that presence, you hear my dogs? Oh Lord. Now that that presence is there and they haven't properly exited it or escorted it back to its realm and you have cut that cord and closed off that beacon you know by blowing out the candle now you have not only invited this presence into our realm it now is stuck here because you have gotten rid of all of the ways that it can get back whether on its own or by you because you've cut that rope you've blew out that candle so now it's stuck here and it's stuck here to fuck with you so and like I said, this is just how I'm visualizing it in my mind. Yeah, they had they somehow gotten a hold of Ceylon and let her, a professional medium, do it. Hopefully, they'd have lived. I believe they would have. But yeah, and I Haley just took it into her own hands. I understand. You're scared. You want this over. You're just trying to fix it as quickly as possible. But yeah, I think ultimately i think it was already snowball and downhill from carolyn with her negative energy and Haley is the one that just kind of put the icing on the cake when she fucked it up as far as the exit process after they what they think get rid of the uh spirit you know everybody's calm you know they're making jokes uh what's her name i think it's carolyn goes to the bathroom and she's like you know i'm not going anywhere by myself so she takes the phone with her to the bathroom and and the thing that really gets me is jim was just sitting there like like shit is sweet like girl you literally almost got us fucking killed because you wanted to be a dumbass and play a joke at the wrong time and nobody's saying any of this. They're just laughing. I And I get it. You know, those endorphins are, you know, are you endorphin? Oh, is it endorphins? I know it's endorphins when, uh, no, yeah, yeah. It's endorphins. Cause now these endorphins are, you know, 
rushing because your adrenaline has been shot up and shot back down with the presence of a threat and the elimination of a threat. Now, you know, that wave is coming over you like, whoo, you know, like, okay, everything's going to be okay. But even in that time, I'm still cussing Jimmy out because once again, girl, fuck you. You with your over just doing too much ass almost got us all possessed and killed. Because you can't just chill the fuck out for five minutes. Something has to be about you. And you could just couldn't, you just couldn't sit there and shut up. Nah, I'd have definitely, I, me and Jimmy would have had some words and possibly some fists flying because you play too much. And I hate people that play too much. Like, no, there's always a time and a place for everything. And a lot of people do not know that time and place. And Gemma is clearly one of those people. All right, so now this is when I'm guessing like this is getting toward the climax because this is what starts happening. It's crazy shit. All right, so first, you know, they went to the bathroom and they're all just, you know, petering down and just trying to calm down from what just happened. So first, uh, you know, people are going to the bathroom. Some are coming back. Regina is looking for a boyfriend. She can't find her boyfriend. All she finds is his phone. And looking all around the apartment, she's asking like, hey, did any of y'all see if he was leaving while we were talking? Did you see him, you know, happen to leave or some shit? Everybody's just kind of like, no, not really. Uh, Maybe he's at the shop. Maybe visited his brother. Gemma at this point is like, I'm I'm about to go because Radina steps off camera. I'm still looking for her boyfriend and she steps off camera and out of nowhere, Caroline Because she has like this weird screensaver, which is her walking around her apartment. And it looks real. And so all of a sudden, she comes flying through that screensaver and her face hits the camera. Her nose is bloody. And then it it goes back into the screensaver. And they're just like, what the fuck? So damn near directly after that happens, Emma sees one of her light fixtures moving. And then she knows she pans the camera around and she sees a filter because she has her face filters on her and on her computer. And she sees one of the filters just basically hanging in midair and she goes up to it because it's just staring straight and she's coming from the right side, basically. And she puts her hand out to it and then the face filter like looks at her and she's oh shit, you know, she backs up. And she gets some flour. She throws some flour on the floor. Trying to see if there's any footprints. And sure enough, some footprints start coming at her. And that's what I don't, again, another thing I don't get. Maybe I'm just stupid because you guys are going to hear me say this a lot. Something I'm not understanding. If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck and it looks like a duck, it's a fucking demon. Don't trifle with it. Don't play with it. Don't assume or ask why it's there. Just get the fuck out. Get yourself to the closest church or the closest body of holy water or whatever you may, a cross. I don't care what, but you need to get away from it and hopefully to a saved and sanctified area such as a church or a pastor's house or I don't know aren't cemeteries like you know supposed to be blessed or you know something about them sacred or something hallowed ground I don't know but don't question it like why do you need to know that this demon can walk 
Why do you need to put flour on the floor to know that it can walk towards you to whoop your ass? Why? Did that help you in any way? No, it just made you more scared. So now, <laughs> this demon is just having too much fun. Because he fucked up her kitchen. He scared her by not only walking through the flower, but showing up later with some flowery footprints walking towards her. He, uh, like, yoked her up and dropped her. And God bless Emma, because Angel would play dead. I, I know it's a demon, it's supernatural, it's otherworldly, it could probably sense me alive, but I'm just gonna play dead and hope for the best. I'm not running. I just, and I tell people this all the time, if I'm ever in these situations, I'm playing dead, or I'm just gonna sit down somewhere on a bench, on a park bench, and whatever comes, what, whatever, what is it, what's saying, whatever, come what may, because I don't have time for this. All of this shit, all this screaming, all this yelling, all this running, it just seems exhausting and I got a good 20 minutes of fight in me and then I'm like fuck it come get me Jason come get me Michael come get me Chucky I don't have time for this I'm tired I am a fat black person I don't want to have to fight I have to fight damn near every day of my life I don't want to have to fight these demons and these creatures too I'm tired I work too much and now on my off day I'm getting chased around by a fucking demon <laughs> i don't have time for this shit i am sleepy and i'm tired if you're gonna take my life take it it's yours i'm done with this shit i am so tired but okay back to <laughs> back the like is that the demon's having fun he's done fucked with emma and now redina you know panned back to redina and uh she's on her phone i'm sure she's calling people trying to see where her boyfriend is all of a sudden you see the oven turn on and something starts burning because they're trying to get a hold of her everybody that's on zoom trying to get a hold of her and tell her what's going on she's trying to handle what's going on in the oven and she happens to look back at the computer and sees that they're trying to get her attention and so she runs over to the camera or runs over to the in computer and Boom. But yeah, just as soon as she does, her boyfriend drops from the ceiling. And my thing, was he there the whole time? Was he in a different dimension? And then he got plopped back into this dimension and fell on the floor? Because it's not like their ceilings are that high. How did she not see him? Like, was her peripheral vision? Maybe, I don't know, maybe she has like glaucoma or something. Her, and her vision is only the center of her eye now. Because how the fuck didn't you see that up there on the ceiling? I don't, again, I don't get it. Her boyfriend is, I'm pretty, well, I'm guessing he's dead. And I'm sure she's guessing he's dead because he's not moving. And so they're yelling, you know, get the fuck out of there. And she tries to get out of there, you know, gets the door open, the demon yanks her back, yokes her up, and now she's on the floor dead with her boyfriend. So, I mean, the relationship might not have worked, but at least they were in death together. You know, maybe at least that worked out. And for one last scare, or not last scare, one of the last best scares in the movie, all of a sudden... Caroline starts typing and they're they're looking at it like what the fuck is she trying to tell us and from that screensaver that you know she has on her thing of her walking around her apartment you just see her head getting slammed into her keyboard and <laughs> I'm sure if someone slams your head that hard into a keyboard multiple times you would your face would be fucked up there would be a lot of blood but I'm just like the at the 
force and speed she's going, it just doesn't warrant all that blood. It doesn't warrant all those cuts. Like, that's either that's one strong-ass fucking demon, which I'm sure it is. I don't know. There, <laughs> I don't have an ore, but I'm just saying at the force and the velocity at which your head and body are being thrown back and forth there this might be a little over exaggerated now it's down to emma Haley, and Gemma. those are the only three ladies left they're all freaking out they done seen how many uh one two three people died so far they can't find selin or at least they can't get a hold of her and Gemma has the nerve to say that this is all Haley's far- fault. I said fart, Lord. This is all Haley's fault. Haley rightfully was like, no, bitch, your dumbass had to lie and make up a fucking cockamamie-ass fucking story to tell just to get a little attention. And now you got us all fucked up, about to die, getting possessed, getting thrown from a fucking ceiling. Like, you know how many people caught <laughs> just innocent people died because of her fucking joke? Oh, if I made it through that night, that might be the one thing that pushes me over the edge to just kill someone because it blows me. You thought it was cute and funny to make a joke, disregard all these rules that have been set for a reason that you clearly didn't know, but it doesn't matter that you didn't know because you should have followed them. And because you didn't want to, we're all going to fucking die. And not even a quick, painless painful slow agonizing deaths because of you okay so like i said we're down to three Haley, Gemma, and emma and also just poor caroline she from the beginning she did not want to be here she thought you know she was apprehensive from the jump and and she gets one of the most painful deaths like her face is getting smashed into the keyboard it's like damn she couldn't get a quick you know snap of the neck or something like that demon was foul (laughs) that demon was foul for that but okay so we see that Haley gets pulled into the room the door well the room she gets pulled into her like back hallway area the door slams we don't see her anymore Emma is still under the cover shivering shaking and at this point Jim I guess like grows some balls and she's like a captain save a hoe basically she puts on a mask she's like i'm gonna go rescue Haley. which first of all weren't y'all just frenemies enemies but you go save her i get she's like the closest to you but bitch come save me don't you like my life don't matter <laughs> my black life don't matter like what like no well emma's not black but still that's what i would be saying like how the fuck you gonna go save her and not even offer to, hey, you want you want me to drop, you know, pick you up on the way or nothing? Like, no. She's like, I'm just going to go get Haley. Good luck to the rest of y'all. She puts on a mask and get, hops out the door. And she finally makes it, well, it takes like 20, 30 minutes to, for, he, for her to even go there. Because in that 20, 30 minutes, you see that Emma, her room the door to her room opens and she doesn't see anything because obviously you know the demon has been mostly invisible this whole time as that happens uh teddy comes like back to the group and he's you know laughing joking he's thinking it's a good time even though emma's trying does still doesn't know you know what's going on teddy's you know like 
over it. He's like, come on, guys, you know, I didn't mean to leave, blah, blah, blah. I'm saying all that bullshit. And then Emma's trying to tell him, like, hey, this is not a fucking joke. We're fucking dying over here. But before she can even get any of that out, Teddy's lights go out and he's like, oh, okay, let me just go turn on the fucking power. So he goes, starts looking for the little power outlet or the power box. Uh, fuse box, fuse box. That's what it's called. Lord have mercy. I'm my word, y'all. I swear when I'm recording, it's like all of my English goes out the window. I, I forget all of my synonyms. It's horrible. So, okay. He's trying to find the fuse box and on the way up the stairs, like you see the first yeah I want to say this is the first jump scare like at the very end of the movie but still it's the first jump scare and it's a really good one because man it gets me every time like even when I know it's coming I've seen this movie at least five six seven times and it gets you every time so I guess trigger warning if you're gonna watch the movie when you see Teddy for the second time know that there's a jump scare so now he's freaked out. He's running. He's like, oh, he's trying to get Jenny, his girlfriend. He finds her outside. He's trying to, you know, get her to leave the premises with him. And all the next thing you see, because Jenny's still at the pool, which it's nighttime by now. It's like eight, whatever at night, like, and she's still in the pool. Like, I know it's cold. You're going to get hypothermia. Get out of there. But you see her yoked up in the pool, at least 10 feet off the, like, water surface area and the demon snaps her neck and drops her back in the water and that's what I'm saying he had more sympathy for Jenny than he did for Caroline like Caroline he whooped her ass but Jenny he just cracked her neck one good time and let it be like damn he really had he had it out for Caroline that's all I'm saying so Teddy sees his girlfriend die or get killed and he runs into like this barn or shed type area which it reminds me of that commercial and I think it, I know it's an insurance commercial where it's like making fun of the tropes and hot on in horror movies and like I just remember in the commercial that they're hiding behind I think like a wall of fucking axes and shit and like swords and the killer is behind them looking at them like these guys are fucking idiots because there's a running car and they're like we should get in the running car and then they're like no that's exactly what the killer wants us to do so and like they run back into the haunted house like that's <laughs> this is what teddy reminds me of because why the fuck are you going into this dark dank scary looking shed what were you trying to do in there what were you trying to get out of it certainly not life because it was too dark and I and I get it the whole area was dark but there's something about certain places when you're in a horror movie don't go into the dark basement don't go into the dark attic don't go into the dark shed don't go into the dark woods I feel like this is common sense and even in a horror movie and I get you're supposed to have those certain stupid characters that do stupid things but no, this is common sense. This is horror 101. Do not go into these dark, creepy places if you want to live. If you want to die, then hey, then you're doing the right thing. But if you're trying to live, go towards the light. 
So, okay, he's in the shed. He starts hearing the trinket that he brought earlier when he was on film. He had like this music box that belonged to his grandma. And he even said earlier in the movie, he's like, you know, if you hear the music, then get out of there. So he hears the music and he starts walking towards it to go find the music box. That doesn't sound like a good idea to me, but I could be wrong. So he goes, he starts walking toward the music box and. All of a sudden, he gets, again, yoked up. Like, this is a demon. I feel like he doesn't have that many tricks up his sleeve. He just, I don't know, like, you're supposed to be otherworldly, and yet he keeps snatching people up. I don't know. Do something different. Do something exciting. Do something we haven't seen before. You're a demon. Make it interesting. But anyways, he yokes Teddy up knocks him out basically he's on fire because teddy was using his lighter while he was in the shed to see so um, he basically burns him alive teddy wakes up but then gets i guess knocked back out so he basically burns alive that's how he ends pretty horrible stuff that's yeah that's not the way i would want to go so emma sees this she's of course horrified because it's like damn even teddy he wasn't even here for this. He just caught, he's another one caught astray. Like, damn, had he not logged back in, he'd have been alive. Him and Jenny would have been alive. So Emma sees this. I guess she's trying to go and get out of her house also. Because I remember she gets up. I could be misremembering some of these things. And I hope I'm not. But either way, watch the movie. But still, she gets up. She kind of senses that something is there. So she throws a blanket on the demon. Or just in the air. And it happens to land on the demon. And it looks like the figure of a person. And my thing is, what was that supposed to do? She keeps doing these things that really have no effect. They're no, it just alerts her that there's a demon in her presence. It's not helping her in any way. It's not helping her live. It's not weakening the demon. So what was the point? Because now you know it's there. And so you know you're going to die soon. She abandons trying to get out the door. She tries to get out the window. The demon's like, fuck this shit. Let, let's end this quickly. Pushes her out the window. She lands on her back through a table. She's knocked out. So as soon as she's dead, gone, you see that Gemma has finally made it to Haley's house. And like I said, Teddy and Emma have died. So that's at least 20-something minutes. Continuity. Earlier before, it only took three minutes to get to her house. Now it's took, taken 20. And in that time, did you not call the cops? Which, um, that was stupid of me to say, because what the fuck were they going to do? But still, like, I don't know, send this video to someone as evidence? I don't know. There, I feel like there's some steps she could have taken in, in between. But she finally gets to Haley's. She's looking around. And this is when the demon decides to get crafty because he picks up a beer bottle and chucks it at the back of her head. She's knocked out and she's just laying there writhing in pain. And the demon's like, bitch, you get the fuck up. So he like slams all, well, not slams. He like basically makes everything open, the cupboards, the washer, like everything that's going to make a loud sound. He opens it and she like pops up and... I guess she has a little more energy, like, okay, I'm in pain, but let's get up, let's go, let's find Haley, let's get the fuck out of here. So she pops up, goes to the back hallway where, you know, we saw Haley get dragged before and the door closed. She opens the door, she goes there, you know, she's looking for her, she finds her in a closet, 
So, you know, they, uh, like touch elbows cause you know, it's still, it's still COVID times, even though you're about to get, I guess, I guess what would be worse getting, even if you didn't get killed, like getting haunted by a demon or like the worst possible COVID where you're like on a ventilator and you know, you're fighting for your life. Cause at the end of the day, you're fighting for your life with this demon too. So it's like, fuck, what's the worst of, I guess, like, even if you didn't die, I'm guessing the worst would probably still be the demon because then you're scared but it are you are you scared in an unconscious state like with covid like well i guess this goes into like medical ethics and ethics and stuff but either way yeah i'd I'd take neither but so they touch elbows you know they give a little laugh they're gonna try to exit Haley still has her camera with her her old school polaroid camera that why did that word trip me up polaroid polaroid see now I'm saying it fine but okay she had her old school polaroid camera and it just almost caught me up then so she takes a picture and they walk takes a picture it flashes they walk they keep doing this two three times and then of course at the very end on the very last flash they see the demon coming towards them the same one that teddy saw on the stairs and that's the end because they're out of zoom time they didn't purchase the upgrade so it cuts off and then you see i it goes back i guess to Haley's screen and you see that the mouse is moving you know it's looking through names so i'm guessing like the demon is stuck in their realm and he's just about to fuck people over and fuck them up through Zoom because he has Haley's computer. Or that's what I got from it. I could be wrong. Let me know. But that's how I interpreted it. Yeah, so um, this was a long one, guys. <laughs> this was a long one because there was just a lot in this movie. And there were so many subtle and small things that were happening almost sim- simultaneously. And if not simultaneously, like one after the other after the other. So yeah, this this one was a long episode. Like I'm sure even when I edit this, it's still going to be a long episode. But yeah, Host was a really good movie. If you like found footage films, watch it. It's I think it's great to watch in a group. Like it's it's a good solo movie, but you know, there's some movies that you definitely want to watch as a group so you can, you know, laugh and laugh at the stupid stuff and talk about the stupid stuff. And definitely if you have some drinks in you with the group, this is the movie to watch. All right, wrapping up episode two host, our Shutter original, we're going into our BPR. Remember, our BPR is our black people rating based on three factors. One, are there black people in the film? Two, do the black people live? And three, are they believable? Okay, so based on the criteria for host, I'm going to have to give it zero out of five Afro picks. I mean, there's nothing to judge. There's no black people. So, I mean, I guess it's good that they don't die, but... They don't live either because they're not in there. Either way, still a good movie, but for this, we're going to give it a zero out of five Afro picks. Tell me what you think about the film, what the BPR should be. Hit me up on Twitter at Black Horror Pod and my email is Black Horror Podcast at Yahoo. See you next time.